Thanks. Okay. So. <laughs> Some Sorry, of that yeah. raging confidence. <laughs> I'll say hi. Welcome to Venture Bros, the Venture Brothers podcast, uh, hosted by After the Hype. I am your host, as always, Brian Dressel. With me is Nicholas Friedemann. Hello. Oh, I forgot. I had to do a nickname for Nick. Nicholas the Terrible. Fair enough. I'll live with it. <laughs> because he doesn't know how to count to two. <laughs> and Graham Mason. Hello. Graham doesn't get a nickname yet because he's missed too many episodes. Hey. <laughs> Just because you told me to watch the wrong episode. That's your <laughs> told you to watch you didn't ask whatever i totally uh, asked and then before just, the episode i was like hey we're watching this episode right and you're like uh no yeah. I'll, I'll put that blame squarely on brian and i's shoulders because not even we didn't give you a no i don't think we gave you anything we just gave you radio <laughs> silence and you were like all right i guess i'll just go with this this seems right to me i mean Is this, this the episode we're watching <laughs> I mean, this is the one that's on the DVD, so obviously. <laughs> that I got from Brian. <laughs> so he would obviously know. Perfect. <laughs> um, yeah, we're, we're off to a running start. Uh, so I'll, I'll say it usually at the end of the episode, but for this episode specifically, I want to call it out nice and early. Uh, thanks to Reddit and all you wonderful folks at Reddit who have been listening to our episodes so far, uh, we have a new researcher, and he's been doing a wonderful job. You can find him on Twitch. Uh, you can follow him at Brock Holiday. He's got a podcast as well that's on YouTube. Uh, and he has done a magnificent job and will be helping us out for the foreseeable future with this sort of research stuff. And who knows, maybe at some point he'll hop on an episode as well. Indeed. Yeah, incredibly helpful. So thank you. So thank you, Brock. Um, all of our accuracies are now him, and our inaccuracies are his fault, so find him <laughs> and blame him. It's true. I did not tell him about that warning. Um, <laughs> Thank you, and I'm sorry, Brock. <laughs> uh, okay, so today's episode, we are talking about uh, the Disneyland, right? Sure. Yes. For your accuracy, yes, go for it. <laughs> Uh, Incredible Mr. Brisby. Uh, this is an episode came out. It's technically episode four. Uh, written directed by Jackson Public. Uh, aired August 28, 2004. Um, and then there's a whole bunch of other notes that he took. Clearly, we like Brock. Um, <laughs> I'll stop, stop promoting him now. Um, so, do you guys remember watching this one? Is this one of your go-to episodes? One of your favorites? Anything like that? Uh, to be honest, not really. Yeah. Yeah. I was going to agree with Graham. I was like waiting for somebody else to say something. But, <laughs> this is yeah, my I, favorite. No. <laughs> no. I, it's, I, it's not bad. It's just not. It's one that I always forget kind of exists until it comes on. And then I'm like, oh, right. It's this episode. Mm-hmm. For me, it's one of those episodes that when I come across it, I enjoy watching it. I never seek it out. Right. And if to be to be truly honest, if it weren't for Molotov cocktails, I would have totally forgot about this episode. I just remember the only thing I remember about this and then we'll kind of break down what happens in the episode. Uh, the only thing I always remember about this one is the way they pronounce Orange County because that's now how I pronounce Orange County. They really hit the orange hard because they're all wearing orange helmets. <laughs> <laughs> it's ah. just, that always cracked me up and now whenever I say Orange County and except for right now it's always Orange County. It's like, Fair enough. Cool. That's the one great joke. That's not entirely true. There are some good episodes. There's good jokes in here. But uh, Nick and I have broken down a few episodes in a row here, and Graham has not. So, Graham, do you want to break down what happens in this one? Um, sure. 
Uh, let's see. Great stuff. So, oh, yeah. Yeah, you're doing great. <laughs> doing so good. Um, so, wait for it. <laughs> so, Dr. Venture gets invited to discuss a job offer at the funnest place on Earth, or Brisbyland. Uh, but things aren't as nice as they seem. And Hank and Dean get kidnapped, and Brock gets knocked out. Uh, basically takes an old flame of his to uh, help him out and set, thing, set things straight. So, Yeah. Yeah, that's pretty much it. Riveting! <laughs> <laughs> there, there, there you go. And that's, and that's it. The, the major things that I, I you're kind of skipping over that I do like in this one is that it does set up, like, Busy B, who Dean is obsessed with throughout the majority of the series. Yeah. And then, like, Hank is kind of into him in this episode, and then never again. Yeah. But that kind of fits Hank's character, though. Like, I, yeah. you know, because he's... They, est- they establish later on what Hank is obsessed with, which we'll get to in a later episode. <laughs> yes. Beyond just his own company. Yes. Um, <laughs> yes. <laughs> yes. Uh, but there are some kind of cool things in here that I, I think are important, especially to the whole Adventure Brothers. Um, this is the first time we really hear anything about David Bowie, who I don't yes. think was supposed to be a character then, but he definitely becomes a character. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that's kind of cool, because I remember, like, I remember being surprised at David Bowie's inclusion and then totally never remembering that he was mentioned in this episode. Yeah, accurate. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, and then this is the the first legitimate appearance of Molotov Cocktees, which Nick and I talked about last time. If we're going off the order that we are going off, makes absolutely no fucking sense that we've already kind of met her in uh, Eeny Meeny Mija Magic. Yes. It is a weird inclusion that I don't follow. No, a lot of this makes no sense to me whatsoever, and I'm a diehard fan of this show. Yeah. I mean... Oh, I should mention really quick before we go too much farther, if anybody here is crying in the background, I just had a baby son, and my wife is trying to calm him down. Uh, so there might be some tears in the background of future episodes, just so you know. <laughs> Fair enough. Which, that'll be Brian, but the, the baby yes. may also yeah. be Brian. <laughs> yes. Yeah, we're two weeks into this. A lot of those tears are mine. Fair enough. <laughs> One other thing I would like to bring up also that is like a weird inclusion is this is the introdu oh my god I almost said introduction that's mm. <laughs> I mean it's close to a word it's close it's pretty close yeah. it's kind of like a few words yeah <laughs> uh, introduction of the idea that the boys are clones like in a yeah. roundabout sort of way it's the first introduction yeah. of clones as a thing that Rusty has tangentially related to which you eventually find out that he actually is very very <laughs> successful at yeah kind of like almost to a fault successful at it yeah <laughs> yeah um but yeah totally like I, I it's another thing where like i remember him being dragged there for whatever purpose but I, I didn't remember cloning and i definitely like i'm not sure like i clearly i think it was a plan from the get-go that the boys were clones like i think that was always the thing yeah I don't know if this was supposed to be a tease to that or not. Or if this is just supposed to get like cloning in the universe as like this is a thing that happens. Like whether or not we're supposed to be like guessing, oh, he does it and his sons are clones, I think that's too much of a leap right now. I think yeah. this is more so like cloning is real and it's in this universe. 
Because I think we've already basically accepted that he's a, a failure at most of the things in his life. Yeah. And so I think this is you're like, oh, cl- oh, yeah, clones is obviously something that another thing that he's just terrible at or would have no interest well, in, you know, info on. Well, I think, I think this is the first time where we fully understand he's terrible at his job. Like we've gotten very good hints, like, especially like in the the first episode. Uh, where they kind of make fun of him and like the doctor's making fun of him as he's trying to like bribe for pills with like a five dollar bill like, <laughs> you, you get these kind yeah. of a dullard but this is the first time where like brisby full-on calls him out like since you've taken over venture industries it's been tanking like you were terrible at your job yeah mm-hmm. and i think that's kind of interesting like especially because that never goes anywhere like he really just kind of fails his way to the top all the way up to season like the most recent season yeah I think it's one of those things that he's just like, and I think that they do a good job of establishing also not just he's a, that he's a failure, but also that he's in high demand because he sits on yep. all of his father's work. So like, no matter how yep. bad he is, he's still going to be somewhat relevant. Well, yeah, yeah. I mean, he still owns the keys to the castle, exactly. so to speak. Like. But that's why, like, later on, like, when Manhauer comes, like, to investigate his... Or to, like, do a tour of his facilities, it's like, yeah, all this stuff's really interesting, but it's the same interesting stuff that I saw when your dad was running this place, and you've done nothing new. Exactly. And I I like that this really feels like Brisby is calling him out on that and going, you need to take this job from me, because without me, you're going to fail. Yeah. And like you have he just been for your whole life. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like you can You're going to continue to fail. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but I kind of like that. I like that they, like each episode, I think it just gets a little bit more cemented that like, oh, he's terrible. Like he's just awful at everything. And like, it, it, even like uh, going a little bit off our notes here, by using that sort of thing, it plays again more off of like uh, Rusty's, like father issues like it really has things to go like uh words um it really plays into the whole like his father's envy like he really just wants to be his dad because he wasn't called here because of his accomplishments he was called here because of his dad's accomplishments and that just plays more and more into his already like crushing ego exactly yeah which i think is just par for the course for his entire life like whenever he gets any invitation he just automatically thinks oh they're inviting me dr venture and then when he gets there he's like yeah so your dad like every time and he's just like ah dang it no I, no i'm the good guy it's, you know yeah and he just can, he no, can I, never I, pull it off just because yeah he, and he is a dullard yeah yeah <laughs> and he's also brisby brings it up again he's also not a doctor he has an honorary doctorate exactly i was a a just about to bring that up it's like, like <laughs> He's not just a dullard, he's also a liar. And it's like... (laughs) Oh, he could be president. That is true. (laughs) Accurate. He might be better. Um, What else about this episode? Like, the the problem with this one is, like, it has a lot of kind of cool, like, Easter eggs for the rest of the series, but on its own merits, it's just kind of meh, I think. Yeah. Yeah. There is one thing that I found really, really interesting about Rusty in this episode. Which is, I think, we've talked about how Rusty's a failure, Rusty's a dullard, Rusty's a liar. But I I don't think that we've really gotten a chance to see Rusty in, like, a redeemable light until, like, he's arguing with Brisby after he's already captured. 
which would normally i think be if you followed the pattern of rusty so far you'd be like oh he'd be cowering and he'd be kind of sad but he actually just doesn't care like he's oddly brave in that moment of just being like what are you gonna do like Mm -hmm. and but i don't think that's brave i think that's just conditioning he's been kidnapped his whole life (laughs) exactly and i think he's just callous too yeah, like, and then like as we were talking about with the clones and stuff like that, like yeah, he just doesn't. If it's not relating to him, he does not care. If yeah. it's not going to benefit no. him in some extraordinary fashion, or even just monetarily, not interested. Yeah, and the guy and Brisby needs him, so he knows he's not going to get killed or like murdered or anything. Because like, without him, then you lose. Yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I don't know. There, there are things that, like the things that I really enjoy in this episode. I really, just like almost every episode, I think in the beginning, I love Hank and Dean in it. Like, I just, I really love them as brothers before they <laughs> yeah. like start like separating as they get older. Like, um, but when like the first couple seasons, like I like that they're friends. Mm-hmm. Yes. Like I feel like they kind of get over that as they grow up, which makes sense how they're brought up and just kind of how their personalities are so starkly different. Yeah. But like I just <laughs> love the. Like him having him pinned on the ground, spitting into his mouth. And you're lucky I had milk today. <laughs> it's just yeah. so gross. But like my wife walked in when I was watching that. She's like, "Is that something boys actually do?" Yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. Yeah, um, if you have older brothers, totally. Yeah, uh, or if you have younger cousins, or <laughs> I've never done it. Um, <laughs> I actually haven't. Right? Sure. I don't know. You tell mm-hmm. us, Brian. If you can't remember, that's just as much as not doing it. Exactly. It's, it's the baby sleep profession. I can't remember anything right now. <laughs> that's fair. Uh, <laughs> the other thing I wanted to bring up is that, well, I mean, we we br- briefly touched on Molotov Cocktease, but do we want to mm-hmm. kind of talk about, like, her real intro to the show? Yeah. Okay. Um, Go for it. Okay. <laughs> <Yeah>. Perfect. <laughs> Apparently you do. Okay. No, great. Come on. <laughs> I'll read my dissertation on the introduction <laughs> of... Uh, no, I actually think that the... the int- it's, it's a weird episode because I think all of us are kind of lukewarm on it as a whole, but it does a lot yeah. for setting up the future of the show. Like, there's a lot of seeds planted in this. I think the problem is, is that the stuff surrounding those seeds just aren't the best. But with Molotov, it's like the first person to actually challenge Brock physically, which explains yeah. his attraction to her. Mm-hmm. Um and, it's and also, match and match him physically. Exactly. Like she's not, she's no slouch, and she can definitely hold her own in a fight against so far what seems to be a superhuman being. Um, but but it's interesting because they kind of establish also like Brock is this ladies' man before that. So not only is she a match against him physically, she's a match kind of against him as just like a character because she can't have sex, or at least she won't have sex. Yeah, which I think is she like says part she of can't, and she wears it like a like that chastity belt. But I I, I think it's more of a won't situation. Yes, because I think that's I mean it's in her name, cocktease. Like that's how she uses it as power over men for sure. It works fantastically. Yeah, exactly. Especially with Brock. I mean, I think oh yeah, if he were to you know conquer or win, you know, then it would be over. The the attraction would be lessened, and so I think that. Especially at this moment, as she's being introduced to us, I think, yeah, that's another one of her superpowers, you know? Exactly. And I, I, just, I, I love the interchange they have when they're fighting, like, the, you took my eye, you took my heart. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's so good. 
And then they start making out, and then he's like, he sees the chastity belt, and he's like, still, and then he stabs the mattress, which is one of my favorite moments. I don't know why that has always stuck with me, but I love the stabbing of the mattress with sexual frustration. I don't know what that is, but it really has always resonated with me in some weird way. Just See, the- personally, I like to follow up more when he's in the bathroom masturbating, oh, yeah. and she's telling him where the boys are, and he's like, one second! Uh, 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 uh. Do you know where the boys are? Uh. <laughs> oh, that's so good. But yeah, so I, I think we're kind of all on the same page. I think it's a it's a, it's a a watchable episode. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It has-, um, it has some kind of fun stuff in there. I am a person who, we're not going to get into this, and go ahead, roast me if you want to. I hate pandas. <laughs> um, I like the panda in this one. I think he's kind of entertaining. Aww. Um, and he comes that's, back at some that's point. A that's a win. That's a win for venture. Yeah, it, it's it's yeah, it's one panda so far that I'm entertained by. Um, I, I like that I, they kind of use uh, they use other shows to kind of base it off of. Like it feels a little little Johnny Quest like, a little uh, mm-hmm. like James Bond esque. Like I like. There's really kind of fun things in there. Um, apparently, it was actually based on an episode of Batman the Animated Series, which is kind of cool. Mm. Um, but overall, I think it's a decent episode that I will never really seek out. Yep. Yeah. I mean, like we mentioned, I think there is a lot of, maybe not a lot, but there is, you know, some world building here and, you know, talking and referencing future and past episodes and past events and stuff like that that have, you know, have happened. But the episode in itself is just kind of, eh, all right. And I feel like there's some information that I'll to- use later. Yeah, but to mm-hmm. what you're saying, like I feel like once you've seen the episode, you don't really ever need to see it again. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I think once, once you've you know been the introduced info, to it, yeah, that's it. Yeah. They, um, all right, do we want to do our favorite moments? Yeah, sure. Um, my favorite moment in the entire episode is the one that, other than the Orange County, uh, that I always come back to is when uh, Dr. Venture is falling and Brock just <laughs> no look, just keeps harpooning him to the wall, like, sleeve, sleeve. <laughs> And you just keep assuming he's fine. Then eventually they cut to him and he's missed. And he's got him like through the ankle or the arm. <laughs> oh, you think he's he missed? Me down, I'm losing a lot of blood. I think Boy, he did that on purpose. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, he probably did. Yeah. <laughs> I think his, I'm his tired knees of ripped off at some point. And he's like, all right, well, this is it. Yeah. It's his wrist or yeah. nothing. You're probably right. That works. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say this episode is some really good physical gags. Like, if, mm-hmm. yeah. Yeah. What was your favorite moment? Me? Moi? Sure. <laughs> Trois. Oh, parfait. Um, <laughs> my French is beaucoup good. Uh, <laughs> the, uh, it should probably be better, but... <laughs> yeah. You live in... Yeah, yeah. it definitely should. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, uh, I'm just playing it down, guys. I speak Je suis désolé, mon français est terrible. That's, I got that down, right? Yep, you nailed That's, it. That, did I? It's supposed to be said, I'm sorry, my French is terrible. I might be right. Yeah, that was we'll, that was correct. We'll never know. Boom. Oh, I mean, <laughs> yeah, yes. I've already discredited myself. Um, <laughs> I think my favorite moment is so. Speaking of the physical comedy, the the moment that la- got me to laugh the hardest was when the two henchmen 
for Brisby are standing outside this fence and they're just having like a conversation about their bags and he's like oh you got a new one and they're just talking and all of a sudden this pole comes out of nowhere and just goes through this guy's mouth and he uses it as a pole vault and it's like one of it was Brock obviously yeah and it's just one of the best physical gags on the show that's just like so it comes out of nowhere you're like what is this scene for but it establishes a long-running gag of like just henchman as like a comedic device of just being like yep. it must be really boring and that's pretty much the whole point of that that scene it's so good yeah especially because one of like one of the guards is just being a total dick of like oh yeah you've got one of the new bags <laughs> i got my bag in 1996 <laughs> <laughs> which we've all met those people and we're like man i wish i could just throw a pole vault through your throat right now and oh, you know it's a win it's a win in that moment no. Oh, we didn't even mention the, the brainwashing caps and the boys. That was also a really good good sequence. Although it's a good sequence that I feel like they did nothing with that they should have. Yeah. So maybe it's good we didn't mention it. Yeah. Yeah. Graham, what's your favorite moment? So, yeah, I mean, we were talking about, like, uh, physical gags and stuff like that. And then, obviously, one of my favorite moments is with Maltov and Brock and just their entry fight. And they're, like, really close together. And uh, Brock is holding her shoulders. And then Maltov just, like, keeps repeatedly kicking him in the in the chin and you're like oh yes yeah. so impossible <laughs> she's not they're not moving at all all you just see is just a foot going straight up into the frame. <laughs> that's incredible Oof, that's good stuff it is um and you have to see okay well i think that brings this episode to a close we can do a quick round of plugs and then we'll say goodbye uh as always we are hosted on the after the hype channel so if you're already there because that's how you're listening to this be sure to check out our other show after the hype mm-hmm. uh, where me and my wife chewy and our friends john and emily break down movies uh each and every week and sometimes we do battles and you can hear graham on there fairly often and if you can yeah. somehow magically way back in time you can find out it was just nick and i back in the day mm-hmm. back in the day um that's it that's it for me nick you have a video game you can actually plug now right that is true um i for the last like year two years basically i've been working on assassin's creed odyssey so what that's coming out that's a big one it is it's coming out in october so i don't know get it if you want (laughs) (laughs) and then you can sit through the 20 minutes of credits at the end and try to find your name yeah wow yeah good luck yeah (laughs) graham anything to plug uh nothing i am unpluggable cool i was like uh are we going to let that one go? I guess so. I'll just go with creepy laugh. <laughs> you, you did it. <laughs> uh, and then be sure to check out our researcher, Brock Holiday on Twitch and YouTube. Uh, and that's everything for today. We will see you next week with one of the best episodes mm-hmm. of Venture Brothers. Indeed. So, bye! Bye! bye.